0: Hi everyone, my name is Millie and welcome to Millie's Molars. This podcast is all about dentistry, whether it's clinical talk, business talk, or just life conversations with people in this field. Stay tuned and I'm sure there's lots you will learn and lots you can relate to. Hi there, welcome to the first episode of Millie's Molars. Today's episode is all about the feelings of a final year dental student. Today I have with me two lovely guests who also happen to be my classmates.
1: Hello, my name is Ayat. Um, I'm a dental student here in the beautiful Sydney, Australia, and I'm from Canada.
2: Hey, I'm Gurjab. I'm also from Canada and studying in Sydney as a final year dental student, like you said.
0: Well, thank you, Ayat and Gurjab, for joining my first episode of the podcast. So we'll just get straight into it. How do you guys feel knowing there are only few months left of dental school.
1: Stressed for sure. (laughs) Um, It's definitely a very busy, busy time of the year. Um, Funny enough, I was thinking about this the other day. A lot of people say that the hardest year of dental school is first year because of the adjustment. Um, And first year was certainly a very difficult year, but I'd say in my opinion, a close runner-up in terms of stress levels is fourth year. Um, Because there's a big rush to kind of get all your grad requirements in to be able to graduate on time. And then you have to balance being in clinics full time with your exams and keeping up with lectures, which I certainly haven't done. Um, So, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty intense time, but hopefully high challenge, high reward. And what about you?
2: Yeah, I'll I'll definitely I would definitely echo that that sentiment. It's quite stressful. Plus, You know, the Canadian boards coming up soon um, don't really help how stressful it gets with all the lectures and all the study material and stuff. But I think I'd also say it's really exciting. Um, There's a lot that's kind of gone into us getting to where we are. I mean, it's a post-grad program. Some of us have been in school for, what, nine years, even 10, 11 for some of our uh, colleagues in school of just like university education. So to finally be at that like last year, um, unless someone's planning on, specializing like this is the last time in your life possibly you would be you know in a formal institute as a student and you're finally kind of free to go out into the world and apply everything you've learned so very stressful but also very very exciting to kind of um you know dive into everything that we've kind of just seen in textbooks i think so
0: that's far. crazy like the fact that we've been in school for so long and i think about this all the time that i can't even call myself an adult until i'm done school and i can we can actually live life you know has just not a broke student I'm actually I'm so excited for that
1: getting regular paychecks that's (laughs) a big game changer too I don't know I
2: feel like I keep having to remind (laughs) myself like how old I am at this point I I look at myself and I still feel like I'm in an undergrad program and then I realize like that was four and a half five years ago like (laughs) A lot's changed since then, but I keep having, a, like, I was just having this conversation with somebody else the other day. I was like, do you ever just look in the mirror and still think you're, like, first year, second year undergrad student?
1: Yeah, yeah. Totally. Do you know what
2: I mean? Like, it's, it's really trippy. Yeah.
1: When I first moved to Australia, I was 20, and I still, in my mind, think of myself as a 20-year-old, which is really I still weird think weird of you. Because I'm four years older. Huh? Everyone else, everyone else still thinks of me as a 20-year-old, but I'm 24, which is such a big difference. But
2: are it you,
1: doesn't feel oh, yeah, like a big you difference. you are twenty-four. Yeah, see, oh,
2: it's surprising. It, it feels like feels like just yesterday we celebrated <laughs> our thirteenth <13th> birthday. <laughs> I don't know. good job, son. Do you not remember that at the Afghan place, <laughs> we we couldn't find like the proper balloons, so the only ones we could find were one, three.
0: I had still, yeah, she's still twenty in my head. I feel like she's me forever twenty. I don't know. <laughs> I, my whole life's been defined by school. Like, you know, this is the start of school. This is when I have my breaks. And this is, it's just going to be so different not having like the school breaks and exam season and vacation. But I think that's going to be exciting.
2: Yeah. Everyone keeps asking, like, how does it feel? Like, how does it feel, you know, you might never be a, like a, a formal student again, you know, outside of like CPDs and learning on the job. Like you, you'll you never be like an actual student student again. And it's It feels so weird because... School, in a way, gives you a lot of structure to your life. You know where to be. You know what you need to do. You have time off. You know what to dedicate that time to. And then all of a sudden, uh, you're working full time and you're like, I have all this time, but I have nothing to do with that time. Or like works one thing, but like, like, because I've worked full time, I've worked part time, I've been a full time student. It feels very different to just be working while not being in school. So it's it's a bit bittersweet.
0: Yeah, yeah. and that's going to be interesting. And like, just thinking back to, you know, about three and a half years ago, almost four years ago, is dental school what you guys expected when you were walking in on your first day?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I think dental school is a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. Um, And I think the parts that I thought I would enjoy about dentistry are not what I ended up liking about dentistry. So the things I used to think that, you know, I, I, li- I used to think I'd like dentistry because it's hands-on. So that's very engaging. Every day you're just doing things with your hands. You know, it's not, I feel like that keeps it from being boring. But in reality, now I realize that's not really what I care about. Like I don't really care about all the things I'm doing with my hands. It's more the things that I'm doing in terms of patient interaction and communication. To me, that's the high reward part. But also at the same time, I also find that that's also the more challenging part of dentistry, um, which is just always being there to support your patients. Um, especially be working in a public hospital, a lot of our patients um, have problems, and they like to talk to us about that. And I think you you think dentistry is going to be very um, demanding in terms of your technical skills, but the most demanding part of the job is the mental demand and the social demand because you have to be a carer and a supporter. all your patients for the entire day. So I find that especially nowadays in fourth year, I tend to need a lot more alone time because I need to recover from just being a supporter for everyone during the daytime. So I find that at night, personally, I prefer to be a little bit alone to recharge my mental battery. But that could just be a personal experience. And that definitely doesn't uh, might not translate to everyone else's experience.
2: I think that's so valid. Like I was listening to a podcast the other day and like it was a dental podcast and somebody was talking about um, burnout in the field and things of that sort. And um, this guy said something that really kind of struck a chord with me. Um, And what he was saying was more than anything else, as a dentist, you're a showman and it's your job to always have a face on. Doesn't matter what's going on at home doesn't matter what's going on um, elsewhere, whether you get along with your colleagues or not, whether you're stressed about the bills or not, whatever it is, you can never show that to your patient, right? You might be in a procedure which is really, really tricky and you're really struggling with that. You can never show that to your patient. You can let them know, hey, this is demanding. We don't know about the risks. We don't know how this might go. But at the end of the day, you always have to portray yourself as someone that's confident, someone that knows what they're doing, someone that's there to listen to them, to help them through whatever it is they're going through, which 100% physically and, you know, dentally for sure. But emotionally, like I said, so many patients talk to us about so many different things, especially in the public system where a lot of the patients, you know, might come from a lower socioeconomic um, background and have gone through so much in their lives that when you ask them, hey, how was your day? You... Got to be almost ready to hear anything that might come out at the other end of that question and be prepared to kind of acknowledge it and support them through that. While at the same time being mindful of the fact that, hey, there's all this other work that needs to be done. And so you almost have to kind of have both, um, you know, wear two hats. One of like being a friend and being able to listen, but also saying, look, there's this work that needs to be done. I, as much as I would love to have a conversation about this. And so finding that fine line between the two is not something I expected um, being like part of my job. I always thought, you know, I didn't know much about what dentistry was until I got into dental school. Like, um, I didn't know I wanted to do dentistry until I started doing dentistry. Um, and it's very much um, something I fell in love with. But just like I had said, never expected that showman and almost therapist esque aspect of being a dentist. It was never something that even occurred to me would be a part of my day-to-day. And I would say to a lot of patients, that's the most important bit. No one's looking, you know, walking around to their friends and showing, hey, look at this filling my dentist has done in my mouth. How cool does the filling look? They always say, you know, I, I imagine they would say more so, I felt really, you know, heard and acknowledged and um, I didn't feel like I was being cut off left, right, and center. And I could really share with them what was going on. And they listened and therefore actually tried to help me in whatever way they could. And I think that's a really powerful thing. It is.
0: And I feel like you guys both gave that say, that patient communication perspective to dentistry that maybe a lot of people don't know about. And I, I'm sure a lot of other fields can relate, not even just in healthcare, but it doesn't matter what you're going through. If you're in a field where you have consumerism and you have people that you're catering to you have to put on you know that at least the face that you're not afraid and you're you know what you're doing and I think another part of dental school I don't know if you guys can relate to this but I didn't know too much about dentistry before I went into dental school so I didn't realize how much there is to dentistry like you know everyone in the just everyone just thinks okay you know braces whitening fillings clean and that's, and like, sometimes you hear about the word root canal out there, but there's just so much and the importance even of the rest of the body and the medical history, just the depth of dentistry, I think was something that I didn't expect. I'm not too sure if you guys relate to that or.
2: I had absolutely no clue what dentistry entailed. Like, I didn't know what, I didn't know what enamel <laughs> was. I didn't know what dentine, like, I, I, I literally came into dentistry and I was like, okay, like, I guess I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to be treating teeth and that's it. And all of a sudden you get smacked by this head and neck anatomy and then you look to the other side and it's life sciences and cardiology and, you know, uh, all these different, you know, medical courses you have to do. And you're like, what, what is this? Like, I thought I was just fillings and cleaning. Really? Like, that's all I knew what dentistry was.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's crazy that like nobody really expects that until you're actually in dental school. And I mean, now that we're, you know, in our final months, and obviously, we're all going to be looking for jobs for next year. Have you guys kind of thought about I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect job, you know, every job's going to have ups and downs. But have you guys thought about what you're looking for when you're going into these clinics or talking to the principal dentist of what your ideal postgraduate job should look like?
1: Um, I think I've given it some thought. I think it's hard to know. To be honest, it's hard to know what you're looking for until you know what's out there. That's something that's really difficult. And I think a lot of people in our year are somewhat struggling with that, which is you can visit a a dental clinic for one day and you can get somewhat of a vibe from the clinic, but you you won't know really how you you get along with the team there and how you get along with the people there until you're actually working there full time or at at least for like a few weeks or a month or more. But You just kind of at our stage, you just have to jump into it and take a leap of faith um, and hope that the job that you picked out, you do your your best to do the research, but you hope that it works out for you. Um, I notice a lot of older dentists, like dentists who've been out for at least five years, they can visit a clinic and they can they just can instinctively tell whether they like it, whether it's a good clinic, whether it's a profitable clinic, stuff like that. But we don't have that intuition yet. So, in terms of for me personally, what I'm looking for, um, I want a clinic that is more quality and patient-driven rather than quantity-driven. So, I'm not really personally, I'm not too concerned about how many patients I see in a day. Um, it's more about what can I learn from the communication of every one of those patients, even if it's a lower number. Um, I also want a clinic that is very focused on continuously improving. Um, so improving the patient's experience and also improving the team's skills. So I want, I'm looking for a mentor who will encourage me to get better. And I think you need that, especially as a new grad, because we're going to be so, um, we're going to be somewhat prepared, obviously, but we're not going to be that well prepared for the real world. There's a lot for us left to learn out there and you need someone to push you to get better. You can't be complacent and you can't have someone who is just, comfortable with where you are, because then you'll get comfortable with where you are. So for me, I want someone who actually pushes me out of my comfort zone as a new dentist and encourages me to try new procedures and to always try more difficult procedures within, of course, a safe environment and within safe planning so that obviously the patient is always safe and gets the best care. Um, That's kind of a, a, a gist of what I'm looking for, but Still on the hunt,
0: same girl.
2: Yeah, I think you checked off most of the boxes in that um, for any new grad looking for like, you know, a position coming out of school, because especially being one of the COVID impacted years, um, not having as much clinical experience as students might have had, you know, prior to us, it is a little bit daunting knowing that there's no clinical educator you know, that's got your back if something goes wrong and um, you can just turn around, quickly raise your hand, ask your question, proceed accordingly. Uh, but at the same time, having a mentor um, or, you know, rather a, the, the clinic principal or having a working at a clinic that's got more experienced dentists that are willing to um, help out if you ever find yourself in a pickle, um, experienced dentists that you can ask questions go to to treatment plan in advance, You know, maybe a practice that starts off with a morning huddle, just running through, hey, what are we doing today? What are the cases? What are your plans? I think is something that would set the day to such a nice start because you know everyone's on the same page. Uh, And that way you can uh, be aware, for example, if someone's doing something that you may feel as though you've got some knowledge about in case they need help. And likewise for the practice manager, to know what's going on in the day, the principal and more experienced dentists to then be aware that, hey, there might be a bit of a tricky case going on. Um, Let's, you know, be prepared. We may have to step in to help out. Not so much grab the handpiece and sit down, but in case there's any questions, we can, you know, help provide that advice or whatever it may be, Um, you know. And I think working at a practice that does a lot of different things, I think is something I would be looking for. I wouldn't want to work in like, you know, a really specialized practice right off the bat that, you know, does primarily aesthetic work, for example, Um, because I think we're at the stage where um, there's so much out there for us to learn. It's almost like dental school has prepared us to learn what dentistry is about, not so much as teach us dentistry. Um, Everyone kind of keeps telling us that once you graduate is where you really start to learn. So I'd like to be able to learn a whole breadth of things, um, and then you know choose what you know draws my interest the most, and maybe try and learn more about that, and try and um, deepen my knowledge in those particular areas. But I think to start off, I would really like to work in a practice where um, you know there's experienced dentists that are really willing to help out, that are. Um, encouraging a really supportive environment where the clinic feels and functions almost like um, a family more so than um, you know individual fragmented people each trying to do their own thing I think that would be really cool but I'm also pretty cognizant that as a new grad um, I may not have my pick of the litter and so I think the the mindset I'm going into it with is that no matter what job I pick up at the beginning, I'm bound to learn from it, given how green I am. Um, and once I feel as though you know what, I've learned quite a bit from this, you know, position, and I think I've now know more about what it is that I'm looking for in a practice. I can then start to look further and um, try and change things up from there.
1: Yeah, just to pick up on that last thing you said, Grijaff, Um I completely agree. And I, if anyone out there who's listening is currently looking for a job and they're really stressed out about finding the right place, every place is the right place at the beginning. And even if you're in a, whatever, in a bad clinic, for whatever reason, whatever the reason is that it's bad, um, you can still learn from it. You can still gain from wherever you are. And the other thing you have to keep in mind is you can always leave. After a few months, after six months, you're not locked in there. And that's something that you should remind yourself in case you're stressed out about picking the wrong job. There is no wrong job at the beginning because you can learn from any job and you can always go somewhere else after some time. So don't let it get to you too much.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like trying to um, lock yourself into, I need to find the perfect job right at the beginning. Like you're introducing so much unnecessary stress into your life you don't know what type of a practice you're going to enjoy because you've never worked at a practice outside of you know like if you've da'd for a while for example you might have a more thorough understanding of here's how practices work and i kind of know more but being like fresh out of dental school somebody that hasn't worked in a practice like don't introduce all that extra stress into your life thinking you need to hit the nail on the head in your first goal like there's You know, we've met dentists that have landed an amazing job right out of dental school and they've fallen in love with it. And it's incredible. And we've met dentists that are four or five years out, changed jobs six or seven times, but still maintained a very positive outlook of, yeah, you know what? It took me a while to find a job and a position that I really fell into. But I learned so much through all of that. You don't have to take every single thing that a practice does to heart and incorporate that into what you do. Like if you think there's some things that need to be optimized or they might have the wrong approach on something, make a note of that. Have a discussion with the principal. If they don't want to change that, you know that when you move into a new practice, that's the things you're looking to avoid. Or when you set up a practice, you have a much better idea of how you want to run your clinic, more than anything else. But uh, have you given it any thought, Matt? Um. Yeah,
0: I have. And honestly, like one thing I do want to add is that if, if you're, anyone's ever confused about what to look for, or what the right thing is, don't be afraid to ask other people. There's so many, and you don't even need to walk into a practice and ask someone you don't know. Ask the clinical educators around you. They've all worked, and they all have an idea, and they all have, we'll all have their different opinions. But if you're ever confused about what to look for, just asks people around you I think that helps a lot and in terms of just again like you guys said there's no ideal place wherever you are and you guys raised a good point you know no matter where you go you will learn something and there's always that opportunity to change practices and that's completely okay no one need, you don't need to stick to one practice for 10 years and on this amazing ideal perfect place and that's completely okay so I don't think The things that I've thought of are some of the things that you guys have already covered. The one thing I would say to the listeners if you're taking away is it's completely okay wherever you will end up and everyone will end up somewhere. And just ask anyone around you if you have any questions as well. And I think the one thing that I want to end off this episode with is do you guys have one advice for, you know, the third year dental students that are going to be in their final year and now that we're almost approaching the end? What is the one advice you would give them?
2: Just breathe. Like, it'll be fine at the end of the day. Like you're going to have, you're going to have so many stresses, so much going on, which like, you know, I'm telling you to breathe in and I'm saying you have <laughs> so much stress in your life, like be prepared. But at the end of the day, like you'll make it through. That's the biggest thing is like everyone around you is in the exact same position. Don't be afraid to ask for help, right? Don't be afraid to lean on the people around you. They're going to be leaning on you quite a bit, right? It's at the end of the day, um, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Like, you'll make it through this program. You've made it this far. You have it in you to make it to the end. The requirements will fall into place. Your exams will fall into place. Your job will fall into place. 10 years down the road, you don't want to sit down and look at your last year and think, wow, I spent that entire year being so stressed out. Or would you rather spend it thinking, you know what? I made the best of it that I could. Um, I did what I could given my circumstances, and I enjoyed it. And like be really proud of that because we've said it multiple times now. This might be the last time you're you know a formal last time you wake up in the morning you're like man this lecture's going on and this lecture's going on and what do I do and what do I do but I feel like there's a certain level of like it's almost cathartic in a way like I'm not sure how else to to phrase it but like through that entire stress and everything like there's such a feeling of accomplishment at the end um, that I hope we get to experience soon so I'm just assuming there's (laughs) there's that sense of (laughs) Accomplishment, so yeah, I, I I think that's what I would say. So just take some deep breaths, like it, it'll be okay.
1: I'd say in terms of um, something that might be a bit of a practical piece of advice.
2: Touche, touche. Practical advice.
1: And <laughs> in, in terms of stress management, um, if I was, if I had, if I could go back to the beginning of fourth year. Um, Or if I was a third year student coming into fourth year, what I would do is try my best to plan ahead more. I think if you want to try to reduce your stress load towards the end of the year, pretty much in semester two is when everyone in your class is going to be scrambling to get their requirements. So trying your best to plan from January or February to try to get your requirements in place earlier rather than later. And that's a lot easier said than done. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, which is fine. If you can't get your requirements in semester one, that's totally fine. And I don't expect you to. But trying, if you try to plan ahead and plan to do, let's say you try to plan to tick off three requirements in semester one, you might only tick off one or two, but that's still one or two that you won't worry about in semester two. So planning ahead with your requirements and also trying your best, if you're Canadian, to plan ahead with your board
0: studying, I wish I did that. (laughs) Who are you calling out? (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. She's calling me (laughs) out with her.
1: (laughs) So Uh, just trying to plan ahead at the start of fourth year, it'll somewhat reduce your stress load towards the end of fourth year because everyone gets really stressed out in the end, which is normal. Um, But, you know, you can reduce it a little bit by doing a bit more planning in the early part of the year.
0: I guess if you're listening, study for boards, listeners, because I had said so.
2: And you, and you you know what if you're not a planner like i'm not all you got to do is just at the end of it just you know bring your hands together <laughs> close your eyes <laughs> send out we're a prayer really and, and and just remember you know every every student before you's made it through not all of them um you know s- thought that not they all would the more planners. yeah one we're one not all, all of them were planners
1: of- unorganized students
0: who graduate. He's good degrees, man. Uh, no, that was my modern undergrad. No, but at, the,
2: at, the end of the, at the end of the day, like, it's true, you know, like, you can plan as much as you want. You can do all those things and then you sit down and think for a second know like, surely not every person in the years before me planned it out like there's gotta be some idiots like me that just forgot all of it like left the board studying to like a month and a half before the exam and like they made it through so i'll make it through right
0: (laughs) honestly guys just i on the one thing for fourth year enjoy the journey you're not gonna get it again there's only once in your life you'll be a final year dental student so i think the one thing that we're all trying to say is enjoy where you are and be excited for the future. Well,
2: <laughs> have fun with it. Thank
0: you guys so much. This has been so much fun. You guys are my first guests on my first episode, so thank you so much. Um, thank what a, you. Thanks thanks what a so privilege. For having, thank for having us.
1: <laughs> we're, really, we're very honored, and I was telling, I don't know who I was telling the other day, I was telling Ruan, our friend, about <laughs> how we're going to record this podcast. Shut out. Ruan. <laughs> And I was saying to him, I don't know why Millie chose me. I mean, Grishoff is a pretty interesting guy, but I was <laughs> like, uh, debatable.
0: <laughs> you guys are both amazing, and you guys, I love you know chatting with you guys. So again, thank you so much for being on my first, my two honorary first guests. And <laughs> <laughs>
2: did we get like plaque sent in the bro? Middle? I, I
0: want to plaque just... myself. <laughs> <laughs> I would ha- I would hang it up at my first <laughs> job,
2: <laughs> like. Millie's molars
0: episode one yeah I'll see you guys next time listeners thank you for listening to Millie's molars if you've made it this far please do subscribe to my podcast on Spotify Apple Music and SoundCloud also check out my Etsy store loved by Millie where you can shop all dental related merchandise see you next time